0: Welcome back to another episode of the X experts podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica NTH.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. We are happy to have Laura Cowan here. She is the founder of the Law Office of Laura Cowan. Um, She specializes in estate planning, so we're going to get into a whole lot of detail of what that means. And welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So let's start with what we talked about just before we started recording. What is estate planning and do you need to have a lot of money to be estate planning?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I get asked that all the time. It's a big misconception uh, for people to think, well, I don't need estate planning. They don't have an estate. A you know, we hear the word estate and we think, you know that's only really wealthy people have estates, so it doesn't matter for me. Um, and that that's not true. Estate planning is really what I what I my definition of estate planning is that it's about making things as easy and inexpensive as possible on your loved ones in the event uh, you're disabled, incapacitated, if you pass away. Um, it's about making things as as easy, inexpensive painless as possible during that time. And everybody cares about those things, whether you're leaving a lot of money behind or just a little bit of money behind. So I like to think of estate planning not so much as a necessary evil, but really it's like an opportunity. You know, it's an opportunity to get things down in writing so that everything happens with your assets and your family the way that you would want it to in the event of your incapacity or death. It's such if I think for
0: some people kind of like one of those morbid topics like you really have to sort of come to terms with like all of the what ifs if you're not there. But I feel like for m- most people in our community um, listening as as you know to the ex-experts it's a lot about I think unraveling the estate planning that you might already have in place which can be really overwhelming when you're kind of on your own. You've made maybe all, these, all of these decisions with your former partner. Their siblings or family may be weaved in there. I know that for us in terms of like custody of the kids and things like that kind of is all embedded together. And now you have to peel it all apart. So if someone is starting this process on their own, like what do you feel like are the first maybe two or three steps that someone should really think about before getting ready to actually go through with this?
2: Yeah, so you do want to do exactly what you said, which is sort of unwind whatever estate planning you may have already done. And and the first time that a lot of people get a will or a trust in place is when they either get married or, you know, they get married and then have kids, and that's when they tend to get started. So It's likely that a lot of people on this podcast might have an estate plan that was put together with their partner um, that involves their minor children. And so, you know, as soon as the divorce is final and and everything's kind of been settled, uh, that's when you want to start to unwind whatever planning you did. And and the most important thing is that your ex-husband or ex-wife is no longer named as, you know, a beneficiary on any of your assets um, the last thing you want is any of your money going, you know, to your ex, your ex-partner. Um, you want to make sure that they're not named in any, any major roles. You know, they're not, you don't want them to be the executor of your estate anymore. You don't want them to be your healthcare proxy, making any medical decisions for you or your financial power of attorney. So um, you, you definitely want to undo whatever planning uh, you have done.
1: That was one of the first things I think I did. was I looked for someone like yourself to clear up my health proxy. (laughs) So he wouldn't pull the plug? (laughs) Right. So now my brother has a huge amount of responsibility that I'm sure he never wanted or predicted. But it also makes you sit down. and, And like you were saying, it doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money to have an estate but for me, I feel like, isn't the money the easy part of it? It's the sentimental stuff. Like I remember when one of our family, my grandmother passed away, everyone's fighting over stuff that doesn't really cost anything, but it means a lot. So for me also, I identified in my will after <clears throat> our divorce, um, you know, the things that I want to make sure that this kid's getting, that kid's getting, and and it may not be expensive, but it's just important so those yeah. things too how does that weave in
2: yeah yeah so that's a great point it isn't all about um the money a lot of it is just about the sentimental things that aren't necessarily worth a lot but you want to make sure that that the fighting is minimized uh after you're gone and you know if you're listening to this podcast and and you were married and you didn't have any estate planning documents in place now is a great time to get them in place because um, you know, for example, you know, let's say you you have minor children, and of course you want to name guardians for your minor children. If something happens to you, um, they're likely going to go to your ex your ex partner. Um, but um, but you know, in the event that that they're they're predeceased, you know, you want to have guardians named in a will. In that case, and then you also. You don't necessarily want your ex managing your kids' money when you're gone, right? So if they're the guardian, well, you want to name someone else as the trustee over the money. Mo- most people want that. It's, it's not set in stone. But um, so now is the time to put an estate plan in place and name someone else as the trustee over your minor children's money if you don't feel comfortable having your ex-spouse managing their money. So the point being... Um, regardless of whether you have an estate plan in place now or not, mm. post divorce is a really good time to get these documents either revamped or get a whole new set of documents in place.
1: Now should you have two different people? Am I right? you have a, you have a trustee and then you have a pa- someone with power of attorney?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. So the power of attorney is someone who, um, who, who takes action when you're alive but incapacitated so in the event that you're sick you're disabled you're not able to manage your your own bills file your taxes that would be up the power of attorney and that would normally be your spouse but if you know you wouldn't want it to be your spouse anymore if you're getting a divorce so uh, that's what that person does the trustee steps in after you're gone and so that will be the person who, you know, wraps up your affairs when you're gone. And then it's the person who might manage your kid's money until they turn 18. So it's two different roles. Sometimes it's the same person, but it's two different jobs.
0: Yeah. So to help clarify for people who, like myself, um, when I had first gotten divorced This for me was like the area that I really knew nothing about. I mean, I think that for a lot of people, the overall finances is kind of the most overwhelming part which is completely understandable. For me, I totally had a handle on all of that. It was more about this was the part that I didn't know anything about and I felt really kind of overwhelmed with, there's a lot to think about. Um, Can you help kind of break down what some of the specific parts are? to the like estate planning when it comes to wills and trusts and like you said power of attorney and the executor those <laughs> kind of specific positions and stuff
2: yeah so a comprehensive estate plan usually includes several different documents it's not just a signed will you know that, that that's not nearly comprehensive enough everybody should have um either a will or a trust and I don't wanna to get too much into the you know, the details of the difference between the two. Um, the benefit of a trust is that it can avoid probate court. So if you don't want your family to have to deal with the expense and the hassle of a probate court, a trust might be a better option, but either way you should have a will or a trust. And that's where you're gonna name your beneficiaries for your assets and then everyone should have the healthcare proxy that we spoke about this is where you name someone to make medical decisions for you in the event that you're not able to communicate them yourself you know this is very important especially today during covid with you know these crazy times we're living in so that's an important document for everyone to have and then a power of attorney, this is something else that you want to have in place in the event of your incapacity, who's going to pay your bills, who's going to file your income taxes, who do you trust with your money? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a document that, that everybody should have as well. You know, and then our state plans include things like final disposition instructions. Do you have any preferences in terms of burial versus cremation? You know, we really kind of go over all of the different um, things that you're going to need to think about. Um, and then, you know, if you've got minor children, that's, uh, that, that's a big uh, concern, you know, and one of the things that you want, want to make sure you've done is you've named guardians for your minor children in an estate plan, God forbid something happens to you and your ex, you know, who's gonna raise your children, who's gonna be in charge of their money. So that's a, a big piece of the puzzle as well. And then there's various things like if you have a big enough estate, you might have to look at some estate tax issues, you know, it goes on and on. <laughs>
0: Things like I remember um, when I had gotten divorced, and I don't remember what part of the process this was, but there was um, my ex husband had to get life insurance in a certain amount of money uh, where I guess it's for the benefit of the kids, but I, I was like the beneficiary, you know, to kind of or the trustee. I don't know what the specifics are, but like who determines and is A, who determines that, and B, is that uh, amount of life insurance or whatever it is part of the overall estate planning?
2: Right. So that's a great question. One of the things you're definitely you'll want to do right away is give your estate planning attorney a copy of um, your divorce agreement because they're going to need to know you know what obligations you might have to your ex uh, in the event of your death, and then you know yes you might be um, required to purchase life insurance for the benefit of the children. Um, you're going to make make sure that you want to make sure that you abide by that. Um, My understanding is that it's the family law attorney who's working with you on the divorce, who decides how much life insurance needs to be purchased and and whatnot. But then the estate planning attorney will, you know, review that to make sure that your estate plan is aligned with whatever your divorce agreement says. Sorry, teach.
0: Uh, Are the
1: standards the same across the country,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. or it really is based on which state you're in?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So wills are state-specific. So, you know, if you do a will and you live in New York, you'll need to work with a New York licensed attorney. And then if you move to a different state, you're likely going to want to get a new will, even New Jersey or Connecticut. Having said that, one of the benefits of doing a trust is that those are valid across all 50 states. Huh. So just a, a, a disclaimer here. This is not legal advice. This is just legal information. But, but the vast majority of my clients choose to do a trust over a will. Um, and that's one of the reasons you don't have to redo your estate plan if you move to Texas or Florida.
0: So what would happen? So I have a will in New York and then later on I move to Florida and my will is invalid?
2: Well, it wouldn't necessarily be invalid if it was, if your New York will followed the rules that Florida sets out, then Florida would accept it. Um, but if you move to a state that had different rules, then they wouldn't accept it. So it depends on what state you move to.
0: Wow. That's really an important fact to know. That's I crazy. think that's our headline. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since so many people, as they get older and retire, choose yeah. to move other places. Like, My parents live in Florida now, and we were in in New Jersey. Like, I feel like I need to call them and be like, just redo your (laughs) will. I think you need to phone a friend right now. (laughs) That's
2: major. It is, and it's one of the reasons most of my clients elect to do a living trust instead of a will. That's one of the main benefits. You're not going to have to redo your documents if you move to a different state. What so about why my, would
1: anybody
2: do a will? <laughs> it's so funny that you say that. So my clients always ask me that after I've gone through this. The only instance that I can really think where it might make sense to do a will is that if you're anticipating any litigation after you're gone, if you're anticipating fighting, you know, with a will, a court's going to be overseeing the whole process. Normally you want to avoid that because it's expensive uh-huh. and whatnot. But if you're anticipating fighting, it might make sense to do a will. 95% Do you of my
0: your heirs yes. for what
2: you're
0: it brings yeah. out the ugly, Jessica. It brings out the ugly. I know it does, but but I thought you had mentioned before that with an within a with a trust, they can't fight it.
2: Well, that's that's one of the benefits of a trust is that it minimizes fighting because first of all, it's a private document. Um, so not everyone wills become a public record when you pass away. A lot of people also don't realize that. So it seems strange, you know, to write a will and then know that it's going to get filed out of the probate court and anyone can go look at it. Um, And see what everyone else got.
0: I think I'm switching mine to a trust. I feel (laughs) like maybe that's what I need to do. I need to find out what I have right now. I have no idea.
1: I have a will and I just updated it because I changed my last name. Um, But holy moly, like (laughs) there's a lot we need to know here.
0: Don't move. Right, get a trust. Right, well wait, what about things like um, your healthcare proxy and those kind of things? Are those documents also recognized nationwide? Or if I had a health proxy that said, I don't want uh, heroic measures and I live in New York and then I'm living in New Jersey, like is that now null and void?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question, and and every state has their own versions of a healthcare proxy and a power of attorney as mm-hmm. well. So you know, again, if you move to a different state, you're probably going to want to get get you know their version. Uh, those documents aren't very expensive, so that's not as big of a deal. Um, but 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 yeah, in terms of the trust versus the will, I I generally recommend. A trust and that's generally what my clients choose you know ultimately it's their decision um, but there's some other things you can do with the trust as well like for example you know i have yet to meet a parent who wants their kids to get their inheritance on their 18th birthday right okay. the age that you're legally entitled to inherit what is the average these days would you say average age that people yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so you know if you don't want your kids getting their inheritance at 18 and nobody does right, uh, right. You need a trust, you know, to say, well, no, they get maybe a third at 21, a third at 25, a third at 30. You can pick whatever you want and you've got some other options. But, you know, the point is, if all you have is a will, your kids are going to get their inheritance at 18 and, and nobody really wants that. So it's another. I think,
1: I think we have to dissect this podcast for pros and cons of wills versus trust. So far, will just doesn't sound like a good idea.
2: It doesn't do nearly as much as people think, and it comes with a lot of downsides as well. So but I feel uh, like
0: for someone who is in a situation where it's really not, they're not coming with a lot of assets and there's not a lot of that stuff, then it might just be the simpler thing to do if they're not, if they don't really have a lot to leave.
2: That's, that's, that that can be the case as well. You know, ultimately it depends on your specific finances and your your family circumstances. And uh, you know, sometimes my clients do just choose to do a basic will and that's, that's fine too. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can upgrade to a trust later.
0: <laughs> what, do you, what do you see as maybe sort of um, like the common challenges or things that people should be most aware of um, in the specific situation of divorce of, as we said, kind of unwinding what you've already had versus someone who's coming to you for the first time to create their estate planning?
2: Yeah, you just you just want to you know revoke most of what you've done so that your your none of your money goes to your ex so that your ex like I said is not making any important decisions for you. Um you know you, you basically need to kind of redo your documents now to reflect your new circumstances. You have you know your assets are different now. They're no longer held jointly with a spouse. Um you know your family situation is different. So you, 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 you need to just redo your documents basically to make sure that nothing goes to your partner and that they're not in charge of anything.
1: I will say that I did mine when I was divorced in 2004 years. What was that? 12. Oh. Um, and then I just redid it, but it was great because I was like on autopilot. I have this lawyer, I'm pretty sure I met him once and then I get a calendar every year. So I remember his name and his phone number and his address. And then I knew who to call when I changed my name so that it would change you know, in my documents. But I feel like I have to go back and look because I do have a trustee and I have a last will and testament. Do people have both?
2: Well, the trustee, I am mean, if you have a last will and testament, then, then you should have an executor who's gonna manage everything when you pass away. Which I do. Okay. And then the trustee would be the person maybe you set up a, a trust for your kids and they're in charge of that money. I
1: don't know. I better go.
2: Yeah. With that. Yeah, you so need to I think up. I
1: did everything. I think I, I was like, I want every form.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. That brings me to an important point though, which is that uh, these documents are going to change as your life goes on. You know, even if you don't, aren't going through a divorce, um, your life is going to change. The laws are going to change. Your assets are going to change. So, you know, you want to work with an estate planning attorney who, um, who who's in, in contact with you frequently to make sure that your documents, if they have to be tweaked as time goes on, um, make sure that they they do what you want them to do when you pass away.
1: I also have his name and information in my Safety deposit box. I guess that's fine to say publicly. <laughs> so that if anything should happen to me, my kids know who to call for my will. And and my brother has a copy of it also and my health proxy and all that stuff. So make sure that you're also giving a copy to whoever that person is. Right. And
0: also, you know, keep something somewhere safe that that's actually an awesome excellent point. And it and, makes me realize, like I my brother has a copy of mine also. I need to redo it, but my brother has a copy of it. And that's huge because it's like, you know, you have to have somebody else who has access to it, who's going to be able to, you know, pull it out when needed. If the whole idea is that unfortunately the purpose is that when you're not around anyway.
1: And also
0: for my health proxy, put it on file with your
1: doctors. Like it's on file with my primary doctor, it's on file with the hospital. So I don't have to dig it up. And you know, shit happens. And if you end up in an emergency situation, it'll be in your files. So that was another like really important thing I learned last yeah, year. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's great advice. You know, do the documents, and then make sure that your family knows how to access them. Especially, like you said, th especially the uh, the healthcare documents because those are the ones that might need to be accessed in an emergency. So you want to make sure people have easy access to those.
0: 10%. So this has been so much great information. Thank you so much for sharing it with us and the ex-experts community, because everybody needs to know, I mean, this is really like one of the main things when you're getting divorced, this is what you have to manage. This is pretty much literally your life, everything else moving forward. So, um, hugely important for anyone who was interested in more information or getting in touch with you directly, what are the best ways for them to find you?
2: Yeah, so uh, my website is lauraecowenlaw.com, which is kind of a mouthful I know, lauraecowenlaw.com, And uh, that's my email as well, laura at Lauraecowenlaw.com. And uh, what I usually recommend if people are interested in just learning a little bit more about about me and my process is to schedule what we call a peace of mind planning session. This is something that that we normally do it in person, but during COVID we do it um, over Zoom. And this is just a session with me. We'll talk about your your goals, your concerns, your family circumstances, and then I'll review your options with you. And then we'll go over our fees and our estate planning packages. If you decide to move forward, we'll talk about next steps. Uh, We usually charge 450 for this, but anyone listening for the webinar will will waive the fee. So if you're listening to this podcast, we'll offer that uh, for free and um, you can you can book that right online. So um, send me an email, go to my website, reach out. If you're listening to this, we'll offer the session for free.
0: That is oh, so generous. Thank you.
1: So You better go sign up.
0: That's right. <laughs> right, I need to redo my stuff. Um, all right, excellent. We're gonna have all that information on our site as well. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to have you back to further discuss.
2: Thank you. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all that would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts, that's E-X, E-X-P-E-R-T-S, on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening.